You're listening to Force Friends Rewatch, a Star Wars TV show podcast. From Rebels to Resistance and The Mandalorian to Ewoks, we've got you covered. Here's your warning, there will be spoilers. And there will be swearing, because our host just gets so gonk darn excited to talk about these good, good shows. Welcome to Force Friends Rewatch. I'm your host, Andy. And I'm Ryan. On Force Friends Rewatch, we watch Star Wars television shows, and then we talk about them. We're currently covering every single Mandalorian-themed episode of Star Wars television, from Clone Wars through Rebels, and we are now all the way on The Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 4? Yes, Episode 4, Chapter 12, The Siege. Yes, Recently, we've had just a plethora of amazing guests, but this time we're flying solo. Well, flying duo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> we are technically know, two people. Han and Chewie here. <laughs> yes. And when we, it's just the two of us, Ryan, you typically have a bit for us before we get into the episode. So what's the bit? I do. Um. So as any veteran listeners will be aware, uh, this is a swearing podcast. This is and a cussing as, podcast. Yes. And as any veteran Star Wars viewers will be aware, Star Wars is a swearing universe. Andy, what is your favorite in-universe Star Wars expletive interjection? It can be a slang phrase. So if we're talking like movies, it's Hans, I'll see you in hell. Oh, there but you go. It's really good. It's just great delivery by Harrison Ford. If we're talking, um, like, expanded uh, stuff besides just the movies, I like Kark. Ooh, uh, it's a big a one, one in the Legacy comics, which I really loved growing up. I know that some people say they're too edgy or whatever. I thought they were really cool when I was a teenager and probably into edgy stuff. <sighs> And uh, I, I liked Kark. You know, it was kind of like uh, fuck in Hatties. That's a good one. Cade says that a lot, right? All the time. Okay. Uh, That's what Sith I Spit is, you know, another good one. Slimo. There's there's a That's... bunch, but, but Kark is probably my favorite. So is it Kyle Katarn who says Sith, pit, Sith Spit? I think it oh, yeah. sounds like a Kyle thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I like Criff. I don't remember where Criff came up, but Criff is... Criff can really stand in for any... I mean, it's used for the fuck word a whole lot, but it can mean shit, you know? It can... Criff, Criff is love. Criff is life. It can be whatever you want. It's a good one. Yeah. I also do like Dank Farrick. I, uh... Becca bought a shirt off of one of those T-Public type sites that just says uh, Dank Farrick in the style of the OnlyFans logo. I don't know why that's so funny to me, but it's very funny to me. So, Criff, an honorable mention to Dank Farrick. Good choices. Thank you. Good choices yourself. I got a question for you before we get into the siege. What do you think of the Bad Batch finale? Uh, So, we're recording this on the Sunday after it aired, and this won't be releasing until two weeks from that. 
So we're uh, well out of the spoilers zone. Yeah. Albus, you know, obviously there will be spoilers. If you are listening to this podcast, you know that. But that is two weeks is kind of my general limit anyway. Um, but yeah, what'd you think? So I watched the finale alone right before one of my best friends from college's wedding. And I uh, actually two of my best friends from college. They married each other. It was quite convenient. And a friend of the show, Jamie from the Hollow Net Marauders, was like, what'd you think? And I was like, I don't know. You know, my first pass on the finale, I, I couldn't decide if it was really boring or an absolute masterpiece. After the wedding, I watched it again with Becca and I realized absolute masterpiece. Just really great character piece. It, I, I thought it was bold to not have Crosshair come back, but to show a human side of him. And the ending told me just enough about what season two is going to look like and where it might connect to the show we are here to talk about, you know? How about you? Uh, for me, while, while it was happening, I was kind of shocked that there wasn't a big battle. Like, yeah. There are very few season finales of Star Wars shows where there's not a lightsaber duel or a space battle or, you know, uh, a big, you know, brawl of some sort. And the fact that this was uh, really um, a character driven escape piece. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was really cool. Uh, the moment that like sold it for me of like this ruled was after Crosshair uh, saves AZ and Omega. He looks over his shoulder and he sees Echo and Tech both have pistols out. And then he yeah. looks over his other shoulder and Wrecker has his rifle trained on him. And he realizes that, like, he can't come back. They will never, ever trust him. And that was heartbreaking. Yeah. And uh, I think that is what sold that episode for me. Uh, I, I have some complaints about the Bad Batch. Like, there's things I wish they did better. Um, I was watching it with my housemate, Kim, and we couldn't figure out if Echo was in the episode or not. <laughs> like we yeah. all the armor looks similar enough and they're all voiced by D. Bradley Baker, so we kept trying to like do fucking head counts to be like, is Echo on the ship? Like is Echo gonna come pick them up or is Echo there? Yeah. Because uh, we couldn't remember from the previous week. Echo is in the episode. He is trapped with all of them. He just doesn't say anything the whole time. Uh yeah, he I think he is Two lines. Yeah, he finally gets, uh, you know, an inconsequential line of dialogue halfway through the episode. Uh, but yeah, that kind of felt like Echo all season. Like, yeah, uh, Echo and Tech really got uh, shafted um, as far as character development is concerned. Uh, Housemate Kim has started shipping Tech and Echo, so uh, oh, I like they that. were. They were very excited when they got into the uh, the pod together. Um, and there is for sure a romantic chemistry between Crosshair and Hunter, and they got in a pod together. So uh, good shit right there. But how, how sure, does that 
clones, brothers, romance. I, I mean, I guess they're not really brothers, and they're not. I mean, they're not going to reproduce. So if like like all the fucking cowards who are like, how dare you ship Loki and Sylvie together? They're the same person from different dimensions. I was like, have you never seen Star Trek? Because uh, Mirror vs. Kira and Standard vs. Kira have absolutely incredible sexual chemistry, and pretty much every Mirrorverse adventure has hmm. uh, intense sexual chemistry between uh, <laughs> people uh, who are, you know, evil versions of themselves. Fair. So, like, c- coming as a as someone who enjoys Star Trek, uh, I think you're kind of a coward if you can't ship uh, two of the same. That uh, makes people. sense. And and Crosshair really is Mirror Reverse Hunter. I mean, biologically, but also, I don't know, well, he's a leader who made a different choice. Also, like, people want to ship characters. It's fun. Yeah, it oh, yeah, no doubt. It's fun to see subtext between characters and go, what if they were in a relationship? And it's the issue with Fellowship of the Rings where there's no women. So we have to start shipping all of the men together because there's no fucking women here. And uh, a show where everyone is a clone of each other and the only woman character is uh, an older lizard or a little girl you gotta just start shipping all yeah. of the uh, all of the adult male clones together. <laughs> that's what's gonna happen. Makes sense. I, no shade here, and I I do I I think I see the chemistry between Hunter and Crosshair more so than Teco, but it, well, I the, see it. The the issue with Teco is they're both non-existent uh, as far right. as like personality wise, and they have the exact same skill set, so they're redundant. Yeah. So you might as well start pretending that they're in a relationship and like giving them some fucking things to do. Yeah. Like each other. <laughs> I love it. Uh, listen to fan fiction is good. Actually it's on our podcast network where they may radio and uh, they talk about shipping and stuff over there. It's great. Definitely. So let's, let's talk about the siege. Let's talk about the siege. Uh, so we watched season two, episode four, The Siege, directed by, uh, Grief Karga himself, Carl Weathers. Yeah, yeah. And it's, um, I don't want to say it's a filler episode because it definitely sets up a lot, but it's kind of like just a vacation. Like, the Mandalorian's been going on, um, you know, a lot of side quests to like try and track down more Mandalorians and he he finally has a destination he knows the Jedi he's looking for but his ship is still fucked up so he goes to see some old friends and just like hang out for an afternoon and while his ship is getting repaired they're like hey while you're here can you help us deal with uh some Imperials that stayed behind and he's like yeah I'm not gonna like sit in class with Grogert. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's go, uh, fight some Imperials. Uh, so it's Grief Karga, um, Cara Dune, and the blue fish guy from the first episode. And, uh, there's some really good jokes here. There's some jokes that I think don't really land. Uh, I thought the funniest joke was the, oh, wow, it's the Kenner toy in mint condition. Do you know how much that's worth? <laughs> 
that's funny. Uh, but there's a lot of shooting of stormtroopers. Uh, there's, uh, a bunch of weird cloning shit going on. Um, definitely confirms that, like, they want Groger for some sort of cloning thing. Um, quite a few people are like, is this setting up Snoke? Is this setting up Palpatine? Is this setting up Luuk? Who knows, but cloning, Imperials, Grogu... Dr. Pershing, it's all kind of in the mix. Uh, they steal the Kenner toy to try and escape. Fun chase scene, some really great speeder bike action. Mando ditches everyone. More chase scene uh, in a canyon. Kind of reminds me again of uh, Last Crusade. Not as much as the Sandcrawler, but, you know, tank in a canyon. You're going to think Last Crusade. Mando shows up in uh, the, I was going to say the fire spray, but that's not the right ship. And then I was going to say the ha- Havoc Marauder, but that's also not the right that's ship. That's also not the Razor Crest. Razor Crest. Thank you. He shows up in the Razor Crest. I was watching this in the bathtub. I had a really good bath bomb <laughs> going on and I was right drinking. On. So, it, you know, very relaxed, but also not, not paying the closest attention. And uh, yeah, Mando saves the day. Grogu stole uh, some uh, Macrons. And that's the episode. That's the episode. What'd you think? I thought it was fun. I thought it was cool to revisit Navarro and see that, like, it's doing all right. Um, I definitely, like you said, I mean, it's a vacation. It wasn't driving forth this plot of Mandalore and Grogu and the Jedi. But I thought it was okay. You know, it uh, it answered some questions about what they wanted with Grogu. Questions that may have been obvious to fans like us, but evidently not because we're all still debating it. It was it was fun. I was anxious to get to Ahsoka and Jedi and stuff, so I enjoyed it as I have with a lot of these. I enjoyed it more on this rewatch than I did on the first viewing. I get that they wanted a pause before Ahsoka. Yeah. Like, we just had Bo-Katan. We're going to give everyone a breather after name-dropping Ahsoka. And for, um, you know, fans who were just getting into Star Wars TV with The Mandalorian, they now got two weeks to catch up on Wikipedia articles or, uh, you know... A crash course on Star Wars Explained videos to try and figure out who Ahsoka is before she shows up on screen. Uh, so I kind of get it for that reason. Of We're going to name drop her. We know she's coming, but we're going to give people some time to do their, uh, their research if they so yeah. choose. That's a good um, point. I didn't even really think of it from that angle. But yeah, I like this episode. It's fine. Uh, it, to me, felt very low stakes. Like, you know, it's stormtroopers. It's some scout troopers. We know that, uh, ostensibly, all of these characters are going to make it out alive. Um, yeah. The cloning stuff is really intriguing. Uh, I like when Star Wars is weird and the weird, creepy, like, green tubes 
it feels like a sickly yeah. version of the Kaminoan tubes. Like I, I dig that. That's really cool. But overall, this episode for me is just kind of average. Do you think it was Snoke in the tube? I don't think it was Snoke. I here's my here's my theory, and this might be completely off base, but. I like Moff Gideon as a fanboy who is taking things that he doesn't understand. Kind of like how um, Krennic, you know, was trying to get respect that he didn't fully comprehend or deserve. Yeah. But Gideon, he's got a similar silhouette to Vader. He's got a similar chess piece to Vader. He's using a Mandalorian heirloom that he like doesn't really have any right to. And I like this idea of he is trying to, like, grab symbols of power that he doesn't deserve and, like, doesn't appreciate and doesn't comprehend the significance of, but he thinks it looks cool or intimidating or he thinks it makes him seem impressive. And um, they're in the Jedi Academy video game, which I adore. I love uh, that there, game. There is a cult of Sith who are using an ancient artifact to like suck the force energy out of locations that are powerful the in the force. of Ragnos, yes. Yeah, and then give it to fucking nobodies and like turn the them reborn. into yeah. Jedi, like into force sensitive people and uh, then like give them a like crash course on the dark side and send them out to cause chaos and fight Jedi. And uh, I kind of like this idea that Gideon is trying to figure out how to give himself the force through cloning. I like that. I like that better than the Snook thing. He's wielding this ancient lightsaber. He He's dressing like Vader. He doesn't understand what this shit means, but he he's trying to, like grab this respect that he doesn't that he hasn't truly earned yeah he, he doesn't comprehend um that might all be me writing fan fiction live here that could none of that could be true it could just be you know they want to set up you know seeds for snoke but uh i kind of like that read on gideon yeah i do too yeah, I hadn't even really considered the silhouette matching Vader. Obviously, there's kind of a general Vader Inquisitor aesthetic to his look, but it's that he cape? definitely yes, yeah, and he definitely is fascinated with legend and power and all that. the The Gideon we get in the finale is a very different um, Gideon than we've seen previously. So uh, I do feel like it maybe doesn't line up after having seen the season two finale, but uh, Mm. watching the first chunk of season two and definitely season one, that's like, that was my theory on who, who Gideon is. And um, I'm hoping we get more of the character and we can really figure out like what his motivations are and and, like what his deal is. Yeah. I mean, I would say the finale almost supports what you're saying, though, because his, you know, he's he's absolutely terrified when Luke shows up. I mean, he knows who this is. Him wanting the force 
almost makes more sense than him being involved in any way with the whole Snoke Exegol Final Order thing. I mean, it's we just don't know enough about it, right? You know, um, so it's it's tricky to try and truly guess like what his situation is because we we just don't know. Yeah. Um, but that's that's my read on it anyway. So what worked for you? I like seeing different eras of Star Wars aliens interact. Yes. So we get some sequel era aliens, we get some prequel era aliens, and we get some OT aliens in this episode. And that made me happy. Yeah. And the uh isn't the spy who rats him out or the, the mechanic spy guy isn't he a uh the mimban folks from solo yeah yeah i i consider like anything disney era like sequel got it era so in my head i was like oh a sequel era alien because it's disney area but but yeah yeah he's he's mimbanese those guys are from solo um, well, even the even the mithral the blue guy the mithral as a race were designed for uh rise of skywalker oh super cool yeah, there's one at the Resistance base. So that's even sequel. Nice, nice, nice. Love that. Um, Which prequel alien? Refresh my memory. I too wasn't paying the closest attention. I don't know. Uh, was <laughs> it an good. Aqualish or something? Or, oh, I, I think I, you're well, right. No, they're from, they're from the bar. That's Ponda Baba. They are, but there's a different race of them in the prequels, and I think we do see those in the beginning. That's right. There's a there's a Pondababa is a separate race of Aqualish with an ass on his face instead of tusks. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. And we see both. The prequel Aqualish had four eyes and tusks. Look at me. Look at you. Uh, pull it, pull it, pulling out correct answers here. <laughs> uh, yeah. So like, I I love that. I love when Star Wars blends everything into a cohesive universe. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, like for this episode, it's just like the little things that stood out that I like. I like that we got, um, uh, the X-Wing pilot back. Yeah. Carson Teva. Kim's convenience. He's great. Love Kim's convenience. Uh, I love that the actor is a huge Star Wars fan and just like a real, um, ambassador for, the community, like that's that's fucking yeah. bad. I like uh, the I like his the marshal's badge. I just I really liked the design of that and the symbolism of that. I think it's fucking great that like I, the sheriff's badge, you know, like that yeah. that it's a physical metal like sheriff's badge. Um, I have a replica of one sitting on my desk right here. Obviously, cops suck. Yes, but, but uh, sheriffs are cool, you know. Yeah. I'll, I'll, not real life sheriffs, but no, you know the the fantasy like idea. Yeah. Yes, yes, the archetype that does not exist of a sheriff. Yeah. Um, I think Carl Weathers is a good director. Like I thought, a lot of the shots were were really well done. Uh it's. 
a shame that I think he got kind of a weaker episode. I'm excited to see him direct in season three. Yeah. Do we know that he is? I hope he is. I thought I saw him say that he was. I think you're right. That sounds familiar. I know Bryce Dallas Howard is back. I imagine anybody who, you know, the show's been doing so well. If somebody who's directed asks to come back, it'll be a yes. Um, I feel like I'm saying um a lot this episode. Uh, I'm, I'm scratching my head trying to think of things I liked. What about you, Ryan? What did you like? Um, I liked the jeans guy. As someone who works in Hollywood, I thought that was good representation. I'm kidding. I didn't notice that the first time through. Uh, But this was that episode. He has since been removed. I hate that. Oh, I love that. (laughs) No, I hate that they removed him. Oh, yeah. Same. Same. I, I think mistakes like that are really charming. And I... I don't like the idea of kind of like scrubbing it clean. Like sometimes yeah. uh, what makes something beautiful are the like little flaws. I, I know like Game of Thrones removed the Starbucks cups and like that, that's fucking lame. Like yeah. leave them in. A hundred percent. I, it's funny the day this episode aired, I watched it before I went to work and then a friend of mine actually wandered into a shot at work on this commercial we were on and he felt like such an idiot. Cause you, you do not want to do that. And I was like, Hey man, it could be worse. Look what's going viral in my star Wars nerd circles. <laughs> and it made him laugh. So thank you. Jeans guy. He needed that. That's the danger of like centralizing everything in streaming. I don't know. Not to be one of those guys who hates on the star Wars special editions, but Once you put it out in the world, let it go. Yeah, I agree. Force Friends Rewatch, where we only talk about Star Wars television shows and the death of the author philosophy. Well, I don't think you can ever truly have death of the author. No, you can't. Uh, I don't don't think that's possible. Uh, Looking at you Harry Potter fans out there. Yeah. But, anywho, this is a Star Wars podcast, (laughs) and not ready for that heat. No. Uh, speaking of transphobia, though, uh, I don't love uh, that Gina is back. Um, yeah. I we're not talking negatives, though. Damn it. Uh, positives. We're talking positives still. What else did we like, Ryan? I like the you know it's it's uh, I I'm a nostalgia nut. I like the Kenner toy. I like the speeder bikes. I like the noises that they make. Uh, I couldn't agree more. Uh, yeah. The speeder bikes going down the mountain is an incredible Ugh. shot. And the Kenner toy, like, barreling through fucking rocks in the canyon and, like, zipping around. Really, really fun stuff. Yeah. Semi-related. I love the Razor Crest. It's a phenomenal hero ship. It's a great ship. R.I.P. We got two more great weeks with it. Oh, what else did I like? I like I like Navarro. I like the the barren sort of dormant volcano scape. I love the look of it. I love that we're exploring it beyond that one settlement. I like the school. That was adorable. School is fun. Macrones are fun. Good baby Yoda. And some good legends references in the dialogue. The teacher droid is talking about like the Perlemian trade route or whatever. 
What is that from Legends, Ryan? That's just like on all the galactic maps. Like it's not even a major thing. Or maybe it was the Hydean Way. Either it was one of the major hyperspace routes that's like on all the galactic maps and not really much else. I related to that. I think the the Imperial base is really cool looking. Yeah. It feels like a great villain lair. It it kind of reminds me of like a Cobra base from G.I. Joe or some oh, shit. Definitely. Like it it just feels appropriately sinister and uh imposing. Definitely. Any more positives on your end? No, I mean it was it was just it was a fun romp. What about negatives? Anything that you would do differently or change? You know, not really. It kind of... I can't think of anything, at least. I mean... Oh, I guess one more positive is that scene at the end with Gideon and the Dark Troopers. Oh my god, you have my attention. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Oh, what would I change? I got one. What do you got? I would have uh, wounded someone. Hmm. Maybe not super seriously, but, uh, but something happens. They they get through this scot free. Yeah, there is no consequence. So I would have maybe wounded Cara Dune or uh, killed the fish guy, and maybe have it be someone's fault, and they feel bad. Uh, you know, I would have done something to raise the stakes a little bit. Um, cause this episode for me felt very low stakes and I don't need every episode to feel high stakes. I don't need every episode to be life or death or something, but breaking into an Imperial fortress should feel difficult. Yeah, absolutely. And this did not feel, uh, all that difficult. It felt like three badasses and one numpty can break in and break out no problem it's like well what what the fuck was the rebellion doing this whole time yeah i mean there is something to be said that the empire has been decimated but this strikes me as a pretty well fortified stronghold so that point stands for sure but yeah i mean there's probably not too much i'd change uh not to Beat a dead horse. Uh, don't don't love Gina Carano. Um, I know that people kind of excuse her uh, turfiness with like uh, like they're trying to be sympathetic and they're like, oh well, she's not even that good an actor. And it's like, does that mean you'd be cool with it if she was a good actor? Because uh, that doesn't yeah, feel that's, great. That's always but, an odd. Um, her, her acting in this episode is not particularly good. And uh, yeah, I think she's kind of the weakest link out of the, the four protagonists this episode. Oh, she generally is the weakest link. And yeah, and I mean, speaking of the four protagonists, there is some unfortunate stuff coming out about Horatio Sands. And if that is true, kind of don't love that he's in Star Wars either. Uh, you were just mentioning this to me right before we started recording. Yeah. Uh, I have not read up on this. Uh, I don't uh, fully grasp what the accusations were. Um, I've only given it a cursory glance. Yeah. But it, it's, it's, uh, it sounds like a real fucking bummer. And it sounds yeah. like that dude might be a real bad guy. Yeah. So, definite creep. Uh, 
there there's a trigger warning is merited before you go look at it. He's he could well be a creep. Um to say the least. But yeah, uh in general, uh Force Friends, we we believe that survivors should be taken seriously and yeah. you should listen to their stories. And uh it's a fucking shame that powerful men do terrible things and cover it up for yeah. a really long time. So that sucks that he's in uh, a Star yeah. War, and it sucks that uh, he's a horrible person uh, who has been accused of doing horrible things. Yeah. But um, Star War. I kind of liked the I kind of liked the Razor Crest being real, you know, dinky with the nets. I, I wish that maybe they wouldn't have been able to repair it all the way. It's it, it doesn't have much time left anyway. Yeah, it does seem weird that they're like, all right, we're going to clean it up real good right before we uh, blast it from orbit. Uh, it's a shame. It's a shame the ship blows up. Uh, it's a really good ship. Yeah, I mean, but I guess it... Well, no, I guess it didn't really have to, did it? Oh, I wish that they they had more cleanly shown the IG-11 statue. That's a good point. I barely noticed it. That could have been a cute moment. Yeah, like, Mando could have, like, walked up to it and, like, given it a nod or something. Like, that just would have been nice. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Honestly, I forgot it was there. I'm trying to remember if I noticed it on this rewatch. I don't think I did. Uh, Anything else on the negatives? No, I just... I wish I liked this episode more. Interesting. Like, it's it's a fun one, and it's fine, but it, it doesn't do much for me. I, I, I feel like a bummer this episode. I'm sure it's no. not, like, fun to listen to Andy be like, eh. But, <laughs> you know, there, there's, there's some that are going to hit for you and some that don't, and this one just doesn't hit for me that hard. They can't all be the marshal. Yeah, yeah. What about, what about you? Any, any final thoughts on this episode? Um, no, not really. You know, I, uh, I would like to go back to Navarro, check in with grief, find out how Kara died off screen. I'd like to, yeah, I'd like to revisit an even more post-Imperial Navarro in season three. Well, this is going to be a quick one for us. This is Um, a quick one. Yeah. No guests, kind of, uh, an episode that isn't, uh. I'm going to say either of our favorites. I know I'm definitely been more down on it than you. Yeah, but, but still not one of my favorites. Yeah, so, yeah, quick one. Go listen to last week's episode again. Molly was incredible. It was a blast to have her on. Definitely uh, check out everything Star Wars Explained is doing. Uh, I'm sure if you listen to us, you probably watch their content. They're a great <laughs> channel. Uh, but... Follow us on Twitter at Force Friends Pod. We want to give a huge thank you to Bristol Podworks for that intro and for being our producer. Go reach out to them. Make a podcast. Uh, especially if you got a bunch of corporate money. Go make a corporate podcast. Give them all your money. <laughs> uh, we are grateful to be part of the Where They May Radio Network. You can get some great rewards at our Patreon at Patreon slash WTM Radio as well as bonus content from Music and Lyrics By, which is our newest show. Uh, Rami, our producer, takes an album or a band and on the spot with a guest creates an entire musical about that album. 
with a whole plot and everything. It's uh, going to be a fucking great show. Um, the first episode hasn't dropped yet, but keep your eyes peeled. It's coming. Uh, there's also bonus content for ending pending, and fan fiction is good, actually. Hey, Ryan. Hey, Andy. How do we end the podcast? We end the podcast by saying, tell the boy about his parents. Tell There's the not boy much more to it. About his parents. Tell the boy. I elaborated a lot last week on our episode with Molly Damon. If 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 you want to know more, go listen to that one. But uh, just tell him. Yeah, I agree. Tell him. If you know a boy and you know about his parents, you should tell him about his parents. Tell him about his parents. Where they may radio.